You're listening to DraftKings Network. It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now. I'm starving. On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. This is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. It is, of course, presented by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. Most of you know this. If you don't, hey, welcome to the family. Welcome to the show. We got a bunch of them. Ross Tucker football podcast is daily during the season, three times a week here in the offseason. Even money podcast yesterday was Steve Fezzik going over some of his favorite NFL bets that he's already made. These were primarily in October, just looking at spots, looking at his power rankings. Encourage you to check that out. Had an awesome Ross Tucker football podcast with Jordan Schultz, the up-and-coming superstar insider for the score today. And then Greg Cosell will join us tomorrow. Today I'm joined, as always, on the Fantasy Feast by Joe Dolan. The master of all he oversees at FantasyPoints.com, where you can and should use the code 23FEAST to get a discount. Also, you should check out Joe on social media at FG underscore Dolan. And I'm also joined there. We have a guest. We don't have a guest very often on the Fantasy Feast podcast. But how about the pride of not only Pottsville, Pennsylvania, but the pride of Kutztown University? The great Mike Clay from ESPN. Check him out on social media at Mike Clay NFL. What's amazing about Mike, Joe, is Mike's kind of got me circled here. I'm from Reading, okay? Pottsville is like 40 minutes due north from Reading on Route 61. Then Mike for college goes to Kutztown which is like due 25 minutes east of Reading. So Mike is surrounding me and, and doing a fantastic job of it. Joe, I don't know, you probably know this already, Mike, but Joe's like an Eastern boy. Uh, yeah. He's an Eastern PA guy as well. We got the whole Eastern PA covered here. And yeah, I'll tell you, my, my, sorry, I was going to say, my, my brother actually lives in Easton, but uh, Ross, I got, I got to apologize. Look, sometimes people ask me, where I'm from, where I went to college. And of course I mentioned Pottsville and I say, you know, the home of Yingling Brewery, believe it or not, about a hundred years ago, we had an NFL team in, in Pottsville. Uh, and then I say, well, I went to college and, you know, near Reading, why I'm missing. That's actually not where Ross Tucker's from. That's where Taylor Swift is from. I that's usually <laughs> my go to get people excited about that area. So apologies for that. No, well, no, no reason to apologize. And yes, I've had uh, several conversations with her dad about how I think I might have been the most well-known person from Why Missing till like 2007 or so. Uh, Mike, you'll appreciate this. Joe, I might have told you this, maybe not. But I went to one of her concerts in 2015 and I told her mom that joke about how I was the most well-known person till like 2008. And her mom looked at me dead serious and said, well, you know, just keep working, Ross. And I said, no, I think it's over. I think I lost. I'm gonna. I'm ready to take an L on that one, Mrs. Swift. Uh, Joe, what were you going to say? I was going to say, um, uh, when, when it comes to Pottsville, believe me, if there is a, a big high school sporting event, at least an indoor one in the state of Pennsylvania, or at least in eastern Pennsylvania, if you didn't go to Mark's Hall, you didn't go anywhere. That's so, right. uh, so uh, I know uh, 
I'm 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 intimately familiar with the uh, high level athletics of Pottsville, Pennsylvania. So, um, by the way, Mike, I read that book by what's the guy's name, David Feldman, uh, uh, yeah. about about the Pottsville Maroons. I read that book. I'm sure you did as well. Of course, I did most of my book reports on the Pottsville Maroons as a sports loving nerd uh, growing up in Schuylkill County. So that was that was always the go to. So. Uh, yeah, I have a lot of uh, a lot of good, you know, uh, mementos from that time as well. Unfortunately, a lot of people from that era have passed on, but uh, there's a lot of stuff out there, a lot of things from from when that the Pottsville Maroons existed, of course, in Pottsville and actually won an NFL championship. If you're interested in a look it up, they had that that championship stolen away from them. It's kind of a bunch of nonsense. I sometimes wonder what that would have looked like in the social media era now if something like that happened if you read the front you know kind of the details of what happened there it would never fly this day and age with all with all the information fl- uh, flying around but um unfortunately it's a, a kind of a bizarre thing that happened to a, an awesome small town yeah it was about 100 years ago and if you're curious as to why the cardinals organization has never yeah. won the Super Bowl and never will it's because they're cursed that's right because they stole an NFL championship from the Pottsville Maroons, which is just an amazing nickname, too, uh, by the way. But we have Mike on. You know, I'm a big fan of Mike's for a lot of different reasons. But one of which is he posts the best graphic images on social media. And one of them has all the head coaches, offensive coordinators, play callers, and defensive coordinators. And I got to tell you guys, and Joe and I will talk about it a little bit more later, we got a lot of new play callers this year in new spots. I'm looking at the red. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. By my count, is that right, Mike? Fourteen new play callers with different teams this year. I mean, it's almost half the league. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, you know, that might seem like a lot, but it's common, right? We see this sort of turnover pretty much every season there's actually more offensive coordinator changes uh, than there are uh, play caller changes. It's, it's kind of unreal. Uh, you look at the turnover and, you know, Andy Reed is actually the longest tenured play caller in the NFL right now, 2013 uh, for uh, Andy Reed, you know, but since then, I mean, it's just unreal how, how much, I mean, Sean McVay, you know, was 2017. That was only five years ago. He's one of the longest tenured guys. So uh, you, you see that at the coordinator positions, whether it's, you know, the impatience of the fans and ownership to make changes and fire guys or guys getting promoted to uh, head coaching roles. So, uh, you know, a lot of head coaching changes this year, but the play callers, as usual, turned over quite a bit. So I guess the question for both of you guys, and Joe, I'm going to start with you on this. How much does it matter for fantasy? I mean, it would seem to me to think it matters a lot, like a real lot, and this could be an edge for us over others. But maybe I'm overstating it. Um, I think it does matter a lot. I think part of the problem we can run into when it comes to coaching changes is maybe thinking we know more than we actually do uh, about some of these guys. And and I'm sure we're going to get into it because I'm certain Mike has takes on Todd Monken. Um, I think people are going to look at Todd Monken and presume his offense is going to be way different than Greg Roman. I think it will be. Um, Lamar Jackson says it will be, but how much is Monken going to actually resemble what he did, you know, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I think that's part of the trap we could fall into is just thinking, oh, this is going to be just fine or this is going to be a disaster. When in all actuality, 
coaches adjust to their personnel, personnel adjust to the coaches. So the head coach, if the head coach hired a new offensive coordinator, how much insight is the head coach going to have into the play calling, even if the head coach isn't going to be calling the plays? I think those are some of the things that we could run into that could be an issue, but there's no doubt a, a team changing what's its base personnel, what is its base run pass ratio. Those things can be massive for fantasy football. Mm-hmm. Mike, since you're a data guy, I don't know if there's a way to really quantify it, but how much do these changes matter? Um, Do you have any data around it? Obviously, we've seen situations where, I'll give you one. How about Mike Gesicki? I mean, Mike McDaniel came in, and you might as well just shut off Mike Gesicki from even being someone to talk about, even though he's on the franchise tag. So there are certain guys where it's just not a fit with what that new play caller is going to run. Yeah, I'm with you. And uh, I would just say it's a tough it's a tough one from a data standpoint because there's a lot of things to consider. And personnel is one of the big ones. And, you know, I think an example of that would be, you know, probably, you know, Indianapolis this year. Right. Shane Steichen takes over as the head coach, bring in uh, Jim Bob Cooter as the offensive coordinator. But Steichen is going to be the play caller for that offense. And, you know, the, how often they call pass and what that offense looks like, it would depend on, of course, quarterback talent, but also the type of quarterback and the other personnel that they have in place. So, you know, maybe he comes in there and, and they drafted, let's say that they drafted Bryce Young instead of Anthony Richardson. You might say, well, this might be a an offense that leans a little toward the pass. Like, for example, Steichen was with Philadelphia and they actually leaned toward the pass early in games last season. They just had an easy schedule and were a dominant team and they were able to run the ball a ton in the second half, which makes their pass run ratio look uh, a little bit like they're a run heavy team, but they took Anthony Richardson, right? So instead of being a balanced or a pass first offense, this is a team that's going to end up with a ton of rushing attempts, whether it's because Richardson has designed runs at the goal line or anywhere else in the field, whether it's scrambles, uh, if it's, it's because they're trailing in games, you know, and that matters a lot. In fact, uh, I'm, was just writing something about Michael Pittman. And like, I don't know if people realize that last season, the Colts were near the top of the NFL uh, eighth, actually in pass attempts primarily because they, you know, pocket quarterbacks and they were struggling. Right. Uh, I have that then projected for 502 this season. They had 604 last year. It's a difference of 100 fewer pass attempts. Uh, and it's completely logical when you consider who is going to be under center for that team, not to mention the efficiency concerns there for a rookie quarterback, especially a guy that struggled to throw the ball in college. So there's a lot of things to consider, a lot of variables, and knowing the knowing the tendencies of the, the play caller is important, but obviously not the only thing. We were talking earlier about Pottsville, uh, which is awesome, but I'm a Labatt Blue Light guy. If you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we maybe even – During your fantasy draft, always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, Mike. So you talked about the Colts. Let's go through it just so people know what we're talking about here, okay? 
We got Drew Petzing in Arizona. No track record. Todd Munkin in Baltimore does have a track record, but obviously a new team. Frank Reich in Carolina. Mike McCarthy, very interesting in Dallas. Sean Payton in Denver. Bobby Slowick is a first-timer in Houston. Shane Steichen, we talked about. Kellen Moore out there with the Chargers, with Justin Herbert. Bill O'Brien is back in New England. Nathaniel Hackett is with the New York Jets. Brian Johnson gets promoted in Philadelphia. Then you've got Dave Canales in Tampa. Tim Kelly takes over in Tennessee. And Eric Bieniemy comes from Kansas City over to Washington, which is an interesting one. Is there another one there, Mike, that really jumps out to you? Um, uh, yeah, so you listed them all off. I would say uh, an interesting one, probably uh, one that might not get much attention, but is notable is Drew Petzing in Arizona uh, because he comes actually from the Kevin Stefanski tree, which has been a primarily been a, pat, a run first conservative offense. That's the exact opposite of what we have seen in Arizona uh, over the past few years in the, in the Cliff Kingsbury era, right? They were super fast paced. Um, so that's going to be that's going to be a really interesting change. And again, much like I just talked about with the Colts, there could be a, a, a huge drop in offensive snaps per game. And pace is just something you're hearing more and more about in fantasy analysts. And it matters because uh, the difference between a slow offense like Green Bay or what Cleveland has done or uh, Arizona could mean five to seven targets per game for a passing game or, of course, a handful of rushing attempts as well. So that's something to think about. Uh, unfortunately, guys, I don't know if it's going to matter a lot this season in Arizona because this might be a rough one, right? Uh, you know, there's already, uh, you know, mock drafts for next season with them getting the first two picks of the draft because, of course, they have Houston's pick as well. It might be a rough one, especially if Kyler Murray only plays half the season. But, again, it you know, they just moved on from DeAndre Hopkins. Obviously, we're, we've been analyzing what that offense is going to look like, and the change in scheme is something – Uh, That should certainly not be ignored. So I feel like, Joe, with guys like Petzing or Brian Johnson or whoever, there are Canales. uh, There's guys that we don't know a lot about. Bobby Slowick, we can imagine there'll be a lot of the Shanahan stuff. But what about like Mike McCarthy and Sean Payton? I mean, don't these guys have long enough track records that – we should be able to have a pretty good feel for it. McCarthy's been pretty outspoken about the run game part of it, which is funny because I don't really remember him doing that when he was in Green Bay. Yeah. yeah, so the thing about McCarthy is I guess Kellen Moore was kind of made a scapegoat in a little bit after uh, back-to-back disappointing finishes against the 49ers. Um, here's the thing about the Dallas Cowboys offense, and Brian Schottenheimer's coming in there uh, as well. Over... Kellen Moore's four seasons as the offensive coordinator and the play caller with the with the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Only the Kansas City Chiefs had more points per game and yards per game over that span. Now, keep in mind, that wasn't just with Dak Prescott at quarterback. You've got Cooper Rush making starts and Andy Dalton making starts and Ben DiNucci making starts. Basically, they had a full season of starts from quarterbacks outside of Dak Prescott. And over the last four years, they're still just second to the Chiefs in points per game, in yards per game. I think that's a concern for me. I think Dallas's offensive personnel improved this offseason. You know, you go get Brandon Cooks. You go get Schoonmaker. You know, you're bringing in guys uh, on the perimeter to help strengthen that. But I think the loss of Kellen Moore is pretty significant for the Cowboys. And that flips me over to the Chargers, where 
the Chargers moved away from sideways Joe Lombardi and go go and get Kellen Moore. And I think the, one of the most telling stats from this play caller change offseason from this coaching carousel is Dak Prescott in four years under Kellen Moore. I don't think I don't think anybody would consider Dak Prescott as having one of the bigger arms in the NFL. Certainly good enough. Never dipped below seven point seven yards per uh, uh, um, average depth of target in his four seasons. Justin Herbert under sideways Joe Lombardi never above seven point six. So I think there's go you're going to see a big philosophy shift in Dallas, and I think uh, as a result of that, you're going to see a big philosophy shift with the L.A. Chargers um, to a more vertical passing attack, which I think is going to suit Justin Herbert well. Um, So I I think that Kellen Moore change is the more interesting part of Mike McCarthy actually taking over in Dallas. It's interesting because I know talking with the Chargers last year, they don't really feel like they had that much speed, you know, at at receiver, which is one of the reasons why they didn't throw it downfield that much. I'm curious, Mike, Joe mentioned earlier, what do you – how are you ranking Lamar Jackson right now? Because they're talking like he's not going to run as much, maybe not nearly as much. They're talking a big game about the throwing. Call me skeptical both on how little he runs as well as how productive they are in the passing game if they elected to primarily try to move the ball through that means. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, this is still a guy that's – in his prime, right? He's 26 years old. It's not like he's 33 and can't run anymore, right? That's still going to be a big part of his game. He's had at least 112 carries every season he has played in the NFL. And that includes the last two years when he's only played 12 games, both of those seasons. So even if they call more passing plays, he's, he's just going to, he's going to scramble a lot. There's still going to be designed runs. Uh, so I'm not really worried about a major drop-off in terms of rushing production. I think he'll be in that, you know, 700 plus yard range score a handful of touchdowns. And that's obviously going to give him a super high floor from the fantasy perspective. Uh, and again, that kind of that same sort of logic applies to their pass catchers as well, right? I mean, there I still have reservations about the amount of volume in that offense, especially because they have more mouths to feed than ever before, right? You bring in Odell Beckham Jr. You obviously have Zay Flowers, a healthy Rashad Bateman, and of course Mark Andrews is going to be busy uh, at tight end. They'll probably try to design some things for J.K. Dobbins in the passing game as well. So. A lot of mouths to feed in an offense that probably best case scenario, I would say, will be mid-pack in pass attempts. In fact, Lamar Jackson has never finished higher than 24th in pass attempts. And there was a season, remember a couple of years ago, they did try to balance out the offense. They were kind of towards the mid-pack in terms of pass rate. Uh, They didn't really like that. They decided to regress back and run the ball more. Um, But again, just with a, a, a quarterback that can add such a great dimension with his legs and will scramble so often. It, there's just a ceiling on passing volume. So that's kind of how I'm looking at it. A little more passing, uh, but not a not a massive change by any means. This isn't going to be the Kansas City offense or the Chargers offense or Cincinnati where they're, they're even Buffalo where they're chucking the ball a million times. I can't imagine that's the scenario. Mike, uh, last question for you because it's topical. And I know some of this will depend on the situation and where he lands. Uh, maybe a lot of it. But at this point, DeAndre Hopkins as a fantasy wide receiver in your mind, because people are talking about him, Mike, like he's like all pro DeAndre Hopkins. I'm not sure he is. And I'm not sure that's even what he's looking for. It seems like he's looking to go somewhere where he can hopefully win a championship as opposed to getting high volume. 
Yeah. So, um, I, well, first of all, I was really worried about him after 2021, right? Because he had a, like a career low target share. The production wasn't good, but you know, last year played nine games with Arizona, 29% target share during those weeks. That was sixth highest that wide receiver ninth in fantasy points per game. He looked good. You know, he looked like prime Deandre Hopkins. Now, you know, he's about to turn 31. He's missed a lot of action over the last two years. Uh, that those are concerns for sure. Uh, but I, I'll tell you what, there are landing spots here that could lead to a very similar target share or, a, you know, one similar to maybe what Tyree Kill saw in Kansas City if he lands there. I mean, it, it's available. They have honestly, by far, I mean, by far, the Chiefs are the best landing spot for him. That's going to be your Super Bowl favorite already. And if he wants a lot of volume, I mean, how often can he, can you get released at this point in the year and have that situation where you can go to the best team in the NFL with the best quarterback in the NFL and have a path to being the clear number one receiver and see a massive target share. I mean, if he's really shooting for the championship, he should take whatever they offer, go there and be that feature target. If he is worried about himself and wants to be, wants uh, some pressure off of him and doesn't mind being a, a lower targeted player or, you know, a lower target share than he'd see in Kansas city. Maybe it's Buffalo where you have Stefan Diggs on the other side. Maybe that's a, a place you can still go. It's a pass heavy contender. But for me, I, I don't, if the, if this doesn't work out with Kansas City, I, I don't know what we're doing here. That seems like a no-brainer fit from both sides. Check him out on social media, Mike Clay NFL. You got to follow him so you get all these graphics. I save them right away, right on my phone. They're awesome. Thank you, Mike. All right, you got it, guys. Take care. And thank you, DraftKings, by the way. How about this right now, Joe? Now that we know the NBA Finals and the fight for the title was on, you can place a $5 bet during the finals on either Miami or Denver and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can take a shot at bigger payouts with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, place your stepped-up same-game parlay by combining three or more bets from any NBA Finals game the key, though, is to download the Sportsbook app, sign up with code Ross. New customers, you place that $5 bet, you score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code Ross. Joe, what are your thoughts on, on DeAndre Hopkins? When he got released, I wasn't surprised. There's a couple of layers to this onion that I want to peel back. First and foremost, let, let's take something where we can make it pretty actionable right now. Um, Hollywood Brown, by the way, he was like wide receiver 30 something in ADP. That's obviously going to rise, but without Deandre Hopkins last year, Hollywood Brown, 10.7 targets per game. That would would have been wide receiver five over the full season. He also averaged 18.3 fantasy points per game would have been wide receiver seven over the full season. So that's a guy who, I I mean, I don't know who's going to be playing quarterback at the beginning of the year, but Hollywood Brown's going to get a boost. Michael Wilson, the rookie out of Stanford, their third-round pick. He's their only big body on the perimeter. So he's going to get a boost. Hollywood Brown um, was top 18 in design target rate. This is all per fantasy points data. Top 14 in targets per route run. He had a much lower slot rate last year when DeAndre Hopkins was out at the beginning of the season. Now, of course, we have the new new play caller, as uh, as Mike mentioned, But I think this is all good news for Hollywood Brown from a fantasy perspective. When it comes to DeAndre Hopkins, though, I do have a concern. 
per fantasy points data of 105 wide receivers who qualified in yards per route run, he was 72nd in yards per route run versus man coverage. So maybe there's a little bit of a slowdown to his game. Um, Again, landing spot is going to be entirely dependent. And I'm wondering if by the time we record next week, we have one to break down for DeAndre Hopkins. It's good news for Hollywood Brown. Um, The problem is I just think this team is going to be abominable. It's going to stink. And Investing in teams who stink for fantasy sometimes isn't the best um, isn't the best strategy, but I'm not really sure who else is going to be buying for targets there for the Arizona Cardinals. I think Hopkins is going to draw plenty of interest. I would anticipate he signs with a contender, whether that be the Chiefs, the Buffalo Bills, teams who need an outside receiver. We'll evaluate that when, when we cross that bridge, but I know for Hollywood Brown, for Michael Wilson, especially in Dynasty, good news for those guys. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm, I'm glad we got to do this. And now we talk about, I, I didn't even realize that about Hollywood Brown, which is interesting. I think that the new play caller thing is fascinating and just how much time you allocate to it, how much you think about it. And then we'll see this year how much of a difference it really makes. Fascinating to see Sean Payton in Denver, Mike McCarthy in Dallas. Always love seeing my guy, Joe Dolan at FG underscore Dolan. Go to fantasypoints.com. Use that code 23FEAST. Make sure you actually win your league this year. Other than that, I'm stuffed. We're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.